right, we are live, brother. Welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted T and my boogie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Michael Twitter. And he is Cousin Shade, Big Tennessee Homer. What's up, brother? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we got so many people already here on the live feed, Shane. We, you were joking. This is, uh, I finally come prepared to one of these live shows. This, this is going to be one hell of a show to close out the week. It's our first show of the week. You know what? I'll tell you what, Mike. Mike showed me all this stuff he's got prepared, and I'm like, you know January 1st isn't here yet, right? <laughs> you know, we don't have to be. Let's just squash 23. 24 <laughs> is our new year, you know. That's when Big Cousin Shane, maybe more of these dots pay off. You know, my brother, he's been sending me all this Jocko stuff, like, you got to do this. And I'm like, I'm listening to the video. I'm like, yeah, I can run four miles a day, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Moore in the comments here, Shane, he says Shane's New Year's resolution, re- resolution is to grow some hair. Is that, is that on the list? <laughs> that is up there, but not, not – I mean, ultimately, I guess uh, – same thing for the last 41 years i've always said i want to lose weight so i would i would imagine that's number one uh second you know more family time and uh you know more I, this pod this this is a big part of my life now and uh it gets bigger and better every single year and and i think the the more we put into it the better experience fans get out of it so uh yeah. prioritizing that as well yeah, it's all we try to do, Shane. We are we are a family show, literally. We're small budget, but we try to just make each one better and better. Yeah, it just like just like us, Shane. The Tennessee Vols as JD on here. It's Nico <laughs> time, baby. Yeah. Fifteen and oh, man, yeah. we, we got a lot to talk about here. You know what? Yeah, Christmas came a little late for them Tennessee Vols, but we found out Nico's <laughs> getting rolled out there. Actually, first it was that uh, that West account, you know, that's got everybody. That's mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. I saw Nico getting the starting job, you know, so nobody believed it. And then all of a sudden, like a day two later, it started coming out that Nico is going to get the starting spot there in the bowl game against Iowa. And, and I think that's huge for Vol fans because it's a pre, it's a prelude to, to what's going to – next season is going to look like you know it's a good launching pad yeah and speaking of christmas shay we'll talk all about nico in just a minute here but we may we got a christmas card <laughs> for the fans out there did you have a, a good christmas how's everything going on your end brother yeah it was awesome uh you ever seen that movie four christmases that's what it felt like you know <laughs> i had a christmas at my parents we had christmas at our house then my wife's parents house and and uh my oldest she'll be in town february uh, so we're, we're kind of holding off some of the Christmas there, but yeah, it's just been go, go, go. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm exhausted. We took time off and, and it was just go, go, go. And now the dust is starting to settle a little bit, but all in all, it's always great to spend time with family and friends and, uh, uh, absolutely had a fantastic Christmas. What about you, Mike? Well, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking, Shane. But first, before I answer it, I do, I do want—I want the record to be out there, Shane. Let everybody know I, I gave him time off. I'm not a mean boss, Shane. I, no. I give you all the time off in the world. <laughs> family first, even though we are family, but yeah. family first. We ain't going too hard, but uh, yeah, th- yeah. Yeah, oh, Ebenezer didn't get me this year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a nice. Uh, it was a drama-free Christmas. That's a, that's the best that's way good. I can explain it over here. Every, everything's going great. Yeah, just like you, we we had Christmas on Christmas, we had Christmas on the 26th, we had Christmas on the 27th, because we got so many different family <laughs> members 
to hit. But uh, yeah, I, I can't complain. It was it was a great one on my end. I I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm like gain, trying to gain weight now. You know, like I've <laughs> I've gone over here and we've got like Novaks and Buckeyes and and all this stuff. It's like just food, 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 and I'm just eating sometimes. And I'm like, what am I doing? It's like I'm preparing. Like I'm gaining weight for a fight or something like that, you know. But yeah. I know, I swear, man, Mike, this is my year. I promise. January first, I'm hitting it. We're hitting it. Me, you, flying Hawaiian. Uh, we're we're getting in on this thing, and and, and we're going to be sending out some updates now. If I start ghosting you about week two, <laughs> <laughs> we then know just why. know just know why, <laughs> man. I fell off the wagon again. <laughs> yeah, Space Mountain says y'all are kin. We are, yeah, we are really cousins. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. But uh, and hey, how about this, Shane? Ten dollar donation. Appreciate you, Hollis Brown Thank Thornton. You. Thank you. Uh, no comment though. I wish you had a comment or a question or something like it, but. Appreciate it nonetheless, Shane. Absolutely. And speaking of Christmas, Shane, boom, we finally got it. Texas and Oklahoma koozies have been delivered. So all you Texas and Oklahoma cousins, welcome to the family. Subscribe to this show. Reach out to us at thatsecpodcast at gmail.com with your subscription, your five-star review of the show. We're happy to send you a free beer koozie. So I don't know anyone else that does something like that, Shane, but we just... Appreciate the audience so much. We got all the SEC, but yeah. uh, but little behind the scenes here quickly, Shane. I, we got a loaded show, but why why have we not had a Texas and Oklahoma koozie yet? Even though we've embraced them, I made these uh, you know team specific logos so long ago, Shane. Mm-hmm. I forgot how I did it. <laughs> and it's taken me about six months to, to remember how I did it so I can finally make the Texas and Oklahoma. We got it. We got all 16 SEC teams covered uh, with the koozies. So I uh, just want to throw that out there. I want it to be a happy new year for, for all our new cousins there in Norman and uh, in Austin. You know what? No, this is awesome, and I tell you what, it's a ratty little group that's coming in. I'm, I'm noticing more and more of them coming in, and especially in Longhorns, brother, they, they're they're quick to tell you who they are and what they're about. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm, I can't wait to embrace these new teams. Uh, we get to see a little bit a uh, bit of them this weekend. Uh, both teams playing, and uh, yeah, it's kickoff. Welcome to the league. Welcome to the conference. Yeah, I mean, Texas fans, they're, they're eager to tell you they're about to win the national championship. Yeah. They're going to whoop Alabama again. Uh, Mizzou's picking fights with Oklahoma. I mean, they're they're part of the family already if they're fighting, you know. Absolutely. Mizzou and Oklahoma, rivalry kicking off and Longhorns. It's funny because as Texas A&M's getting their ass kicked, I saw more Longhorns fans than I was like, <laughs> you know. It's like, no conference love here. These guys hate each other. <laughs> right, so let's get right into that, Shane. Uh, Texas, A&M lost last night in the uh, Texas Bowl to Oklahoma yeah. State. But really, it was like half of A&M. I mean, I, yeah. I almost give them credit for the win. I know we were having a good Good time, Shane, with this photo here of <laughs> Mike Gundy. For anybody that missed it, it looked like he had eaten an edible, and his eyes were uh, as red as uh, you know could be here yeah. during this game here. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, Shane. Again, Texas A&M had 55 scholarship players. Yeah. They were down to the third-string quarterback. He broke his arm on the very first place. So they were, then they were down to true freshman Marcel Reed. Yeah. Who I actually thought was pretty impressive in the game, Shane. If if nothing else, I came away impressed with the freshman. 361 mm-hmm. passing yards. He did throw an interception, but that was a Hail Mary, literally the yeah. last play of the game. So I don't hold that against him. AM was down 24 to 6 at halftime. 
Shane, they they more or less dominated the second half, won it 17 to 7, and had they not fumbled at the one yard line going in for a touchdown, I think they would have won this game. You know, yeah. could have, should have, would have. But all things considered, I get again a loss is a loss. You know, I'm sure AM fans are, are happy to put a close to the Jimbo Fisher era here, looking ahead to the Mike Elko era. But yeah, I th- I thought. You know, the A&M, I thought they looked a hell of a lot better than I thought they would, given all their players they were missing. I think that's the key here, Mike. If if week one Texas A&M roster, not forget the coach, just the roster itself was going against Oklahoma State, this would not have been a ball game. This would have been a blowout. And that's one of the things I was kind of afraid of and I've been afraid of in these bowl games, especially with the opt-outs, going to the NFL, transfer portals, that sort of thing. There's a, there's a lot of... SEC especially not completely bought in. Now, I imagine the playoffs and and a handful of these teams, they're going to give it all, but A&M was one that was a little bit decimated coming into this bowl game, so I'm not surprised that it it turned out this way, but I think I was more surprised at how how much fight these boys had. You know, it was was nice hearing Elko there in the the press box. You know, he was excited. You could definitely tell he's he's pumped up about being there, and, you know, brighter days are ahead for them Aggies. Oh, speaking of brighter days, Shane, I I love Oklahoma now. Merry (laughs) Christmas from Shoelace Sooner. Happy New Year's. Horns down always. Boomer. He just gave us $50. Really oh, appreciate you. Crying now. Shoelace. You got you got to reach out to us. That SEC podcast at gmail.com. Happy to send you one of these Oklahoma koozies for free. We also got uh, Colbertson44, Shane, in the Citrus Bowl. Nico throws for over or under 250 yards. Mm-hmm. He gave us five bucks. We will answer that immediately, Shane. Over or under 250 yards for Nico. Honestly, Shane, I think under yeah just because tennessee's been such a a running uh team this year and and i I realize uh jalen wright's opted out jabari smells opted out so but they still got uh you know some outstanding running backs yeah i think i think they'll still lean on the ground game but i i think nico's gonna have a really good game but i i would be surprised if he had over 250 yards in his debut against a a tough defense I, i i think just under yeah, I think that's the key. Iowa's tough defense. Um, I think it's going to be under myself, but total yards over. Because I, I don't be surprised if Nico doesn't walk away from this game a hundred yards. Man, I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. he's very. I, I think that's going to light up all the volunteer fans when uh, when Nico comes out here with you know maybe 300, 350 total yards. It'd be awesome. Yep. All right, Shane. So hey. <laughs> Bring we, Jimbo back. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that uh, out there. No, you know, I was wondering. I was thinking about him earlier. I saw a, a commercial. I, I think it was some somebody made it up about the NCAA. You know, with all his money, I was just thinking him buying that game and just storming through the SEC. You know, <laughs> like not leaving the basement till he wins a natty. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I mean, that may be the only. Bowl loss the SEC faces, you know, and again they only had half a damn roster, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't really hold that against them, you know what? No, no, absolutely not. Now how about this, Shane? Again, we got a playoff game. We got a lot of clips here from from Michigan, Alabama, the preview. But I had to get your thoughts on this before we before we get into the game here. This is like the photo seen around the world here the last couple of days, Shane. I'm gonna throw it up here on the screen. But we got Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> we got Nick Saban. And we got Mickey Mouse in front of the Magic Castle down here 
in uh, the games of Pasadena. The I'm thinking it's it's in Anaheim, but uh, man, what goes through your head here? What what do you think? Can you caption this for us, Shane? Saban, Harbaugh, Mickey Mouse, and uh, I mean, my goodness, Saban's about as tall as Mickey Mouse here. <laughs> well. You know, I saw a, a friend of the show, Marler. He he talked. He was he he was relieved that Nick Saban was actually taller than than Mickey Mouse. So <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But you know, he's in hell right now. I seen him in the parade and everything. He he cannot stand this part. He would rather be recruiting, game planning, just anywhere but there. You know, around those kids. So, but all in all, I I, I think they're having fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a right capture for that one. Yeah, and I, w- I will clarify, Shane, in that video you showed me, hes that's his granddaughter with him. So yeah. I think any fake smile you see, that was all for the, the, the oh, granddaughter's yeah. benefit. You know what? Even Miss Terry looked like she had a couple <laughs> toddies, you know, <laughs> to tolerate them little bastards out there. <laughs> but how about this, Shane? So Jim Harbaugh, cheating Harbaugh, of yeah. course, he was asked about Jayla Milrow. Mm-hmm. And who, you know, uh, thoughts on him and everything. So uh, let's throw it over to Jim Harbaugh, Shane, and uh, I'll get your thoughts on the other side here. I'm sorry if you've been asking so already, but when you think of Jalen Milrow, what's the first thing that comes up? Uh, it's like a real polished Alex Orange. Uh, and understanding that the, the, the athletic skill set, uh, the uh, playmaking ability, uh, just the ability to extend plays, make plays, uh, and it's really, really you can see the, the volume of the work and how it's, how it's uh, progressed. It's really impressive. Now, Shane, do you, first of all, do you have any idea who Alex Orgy is? Cause, and I don't blame you if, you if you did, but do you have any idea who that is? I have no idea. I had to look it up. He is Michigan's scout team quarterback, Shane. <laughs> that's who Jalen Milrow, who was one spot away from being a Heisman finalist, that's who Jim Harbaugh thinks of when he looks at Jalen Milrow. And you could tell, if, you, if you're just listening back to this on, on Friday, you know, it looks like he is like searching in the back of his mind, like, don't say anything negative. Don't say anything negative. Because uh-huh. he is searching for something positive to say. Alex Orgy, Shane, he's never thrown a football in college football. He has 69 rushing yards in his Michigan career, and he's been there for like three years. Uh, thoughts on Jim Harbaugh saying, that sounds yeah. like a joke wrote itself, you know. <laughs> I'm sure our promoted fan base is going to find something there, but yeah, no, this is uh, this is obviously noise, but it's ammunition. It's that rat poison that Nick Saban talks about. Uh, you know, we'll, we're going to hear from Jalen here in a second. He's got his own demons that he's carrying to this game and, and he's got a lot of people to prove wrong and this is just one of those you know the fact that you're compared to a scout team quarterback for a team that you're going against <laughs> is just an absolute joke oh man i couldn't believe that I, I i literally had to look up who in the hell is this alex orgy he must be amazing i swear sometimes jim talks and i'm like is he even here like <laughs> i know he's physically here but where is his spirit right now <laughs> Mother Jones says, uh, Cousin Shane wearing the cheating Harbaugh glasses tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, so you mentioned it. uh, Jalen Milrow, this this is fantastic. I I credit Jalen Milrow for being so transparent and being honest 
and he was asked about uh, 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 Bill O'Brien, obviously the, the the offensive coordinator last season. Apparently, Bill O'Brien did not have a high opinion of Jayla Milrow. Was there a moment where someone wanted you to play a different position or something, and you kind of said, no, I'm a quarterback? Shoot, you know, all my life, even when I was in college. Shoot, my own offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, told me I shouldn't play quarterback. So, you know, there's a lot of things I can, you know, have motivation on, and that is something I have motivation from. Action to Bill O'Brien telling you that you shouldn't play quarterback. Do you remember how you felt when you said that? How would you feel if I told you you suck? Probably wouldn't like it. Okay then, so that's, that's exactly how I felt, you know what I'm saying? So like, biggest thing for me, be true to myself and, you know, be, stay the same. You know, nothing changed about me. Only thing that changed me about was I had the opportunity and I seized it. And so, uh, for me, you know, the biggest thing was just uh, stay true to myself and, uh, you know, I had a bigger purpose than anyone's opinion. Is there a position he wanted you to play or said you should be this position or that position or did he just... I mean, he, he, I mean, he told me a bunch of bits that I could have switched to, but look where I'm at right now. So, you know what I'm saying? So who gets the last laugh? Oh, well, mm. it ain't Bill O'Brien getting the last <laughs> laugh, I'll no. tell you that. But, uh, man, some harsh comments for his former offense coordinator. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. Because there was a lot of us, us talking heads were saying the same thing after – you know, South Florida's maybe maybe you should try something different. You know, so <laughs> I can't I can't pile on Bill O'Brien here, but you know I think that just speaks volumes to what you know Tommy Reese and, and all of them were able to do this year in, in Alabama. You know, they developed this kid into almost a Heisman winner, and and if he started out the season with the like he's playing now, he probably would have won the damn thing. So uh, I I, th- I think he's he's on the right path, and he's had naysayers his entire life it sounds like so he's he's not a you know he's not dumb to it you know right Jalen Milrow since the start of November Shane he's responsible for 17 touchdowns mm-hmm. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy one touchdown during that's <laughs> bad so oh I don't know if, if Harbaugh's being honest I think uh we all know who the hotter quarterback is now also though maybe related Shane they weren't stealing signs late in the season, and that is something on their mind. Alabama receiver Isaiah Bond was asked about it. Uh, some pretty interesting comments leading up to a freaking playoff game here. Sounds like some of the guys saying you guys have been watching it together non-individually. What's that been like? Yeah, the film, we've been watching it together uh, just because uh, early I said, um, I think they said Michigan was like stealing signs from like the first eight weeks or something like that. So us is watching film with the team because we're not allowed to watch um, film our own because we don't want any, I guess, stuff like that happening again. How does that change how you prepare? I mean, it doesn't change at all. We're still going to watch the film. We're still going to get the hours in. Uh, we're still going to look over the defense, do everything we would in, um, in a regular game. As, as a competitor, as a player, like, how do you deal with it? So, Shane, <laughs> they don't even trust their iPads have not no. been hacked by the Michigan staff. I mean, I don't blame them because you don't want to lose to a bunch of cheaters here that are known cheaters. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is wild times we're living here. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, and, and I think it's the last year we got to deal with it because they're already starting to roll out some of these, you know, these uh, helmet 
audio, which they're doing in the NFL anyway. I mean, right. there's no reason that college shouldn't have it either. So I cannot wait for those three colored shirts on the sideline doing the, you know, the, the little <laughs> song and dance with the signs. I cannot wait for them to go away. But it is, it's a real problem clearly this year with Michigan. Uh, but I will say this: the fact that it got popped, you know, is going to make it very, very tough. Not, not. You know, not saying it can't be done, but there is there's a lot of people got Michigan under the microscope trying to catch them doing something else wrong. Right, and <laughs> you better believe it, Shad. All the eyes on this playoff game, they're going to be watching every buddy on that Michigan sideline. Who's cheating? What's yeah. he looking at? What's he doing over there? I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. But do like you do, man. This is Alabama. You know, I would love for you to just go up and say, hey, we're going to run over my left guard here, you know, can you stop it? No, you can't stop it. So <laughs> that's the kind of mentality I think Bama's going to have in this one right here. And uh, I do, I hope it's an absolute bloodbath. Yep. All right, Shane. So I, I'm seeing tons of people in the comments and I know you're dying to talk about it. So Joe Milton has opted out heading to the draft. So we got all of a sudden, there's a, a lot more juice over this citrus bowl matchup, Tennessee, Versus Iowa, New Year's Day with Nico getting his first career start. We're already getting donations here. Can he throw for over 250 yards? Shane, I'm saying he's going to score four touchdowns. I didn't say yardage. <laughs> I'm saying touchdowns. But, uh, I mean, how much more excitement does this bring to the Citrus Bowl in your mind now that uh, it's the start of the Nico era on Rocky Top? Well, before we jump into Nico, I, I, I would like to say Joe Milton hats off to him. You know, a lot of people throw these VFL things around, you know, it, it, I mean, for what he had to put up with, not just, not just peer pressure, but fan pressure. And, and, you know, he went out there, did his job the best he could and, um, and never fought it along the way. So again, hats off to Joe Milton, uh, st statistically a successful career at, yeah. uh, at the university of Tennessee. Now, Nico, Man, the hype train has been picking up throughout the year, myself included. And and I'm telling you, brother, I made a joke. You you made a message earlier talking about our red zone efficiency, and I said, Yeah, this is this is Tennessee. No offense, South Carolina, but this is Tennessee Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's the way this thing is starting to get built up because the the next chapter, Nico, there is a lot of pressure on this kid to be successful now. You know, <laughs> not 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 you know next year. Immediately, they want to see success in this Iowa game. Right, and uh, would you be so kind, Shane? You don't have to share if you don't want to. But when I told you officially, Nico starting, yeah. What was your first response? I mean, you were just joking, but it, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things, but I, I was just so damn excited, Mike. You know, I got a lot of Christmas presents this year, but this was the best one. You know what I'm saying? Because you just want your team to be good. Everybody does. You know, that's why Ole Miss fans are so damn happy. Mizzou fans are so happy. It's like you're there, and, and you're on the edge. Like, this time next year, you're in – talks for a college football playoff and and now Tennessee's back in that mix because we've got a quarterback that it's 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 hyped to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country and and potentially could let you think about the the success that Josh Hopple's had especially with Hendon Hooker well now you've got another guy that has the mobility of Hendon Hooker has has shown promise you know with his with his passing capabilities and now we're surrounding him with more and more weapons so how can you not just be on cloud nine right now if you're a Tennessee fan? 
Well, that's not quite what you said, Shay. Can I can I share? Because oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I have it. I have it verbatim. I remember it perfectly. Because you're just the funniest bastard alive. But you said, "What if he sucks?" <laughs> <laughs> After well, all this hype and all this, and, and hell, I mean, it's it's like 24 hours later, and you've already convinced yourself he's going to win multiple Heisman. Yeah, they're going to yeah. beat the shit out of Iowa. But uh, I just thought that was hilarious. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. There's that little devil on your shoulder that says, <laughs> what if he transfers out next year? After, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, trying to be as optimistic as possible here, Mike, but I, th- I think the more time that I had to think about it, the, the more the optimism I got, but, but there well, is we a, just lot, call that, there Shane, a lot of We pressure. call that battered vol syndrome. That's, yeah. that's all that was. And, and, and it takes, you know, an hour and then you're over it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's it. You're always waiting for the, but, you know, this is all, this is going good, but you know, you just kept, kept waiting for that. So, I just right. I hope everything works out here, man, because there's a lot it's, of pressure on Nico. Right, and Shane was uh, alluding to the fact that uh, uh, the red zone stats, this is something I, I looked up this morning, but Tennessee ranked 122nd in the country, out of 130, so damn near dead last, yeah. in red zone touchdown percentage this season. Now, you know, let's not make it out like Tennessee was one of the worst teams in the country. They went 8-4 and four in, in the nation's toughest conference. But last season, Shane, when they won 11 games, mm-hmm. 10 and 2 in the regular season, they were number one in the country in touchdown yep. red zone percentage. So, again, it's unfair to sit here and say, well, Nico, go out there and score all these touchdowns in the red zone. I guess an Iowa defense that, that is pretty good. I think if they played in the SEC, they'd be, I think they'd be middle tier, to be honest with you, but, but still a good defense. But so I, that's just something I'll have my eye on in this game, Shane. Tennessee gets down to the red zone. How effective is the offense with Nico under center? If they score touchdowns, again, I'm going to be circling the wagons. The, the momentum is going to be real for next season, Shane, and, and everything they can do. Uh, again, if they get blanked in the red zone, I'll say, well, he's just true freshman. He'll blow up <laughs> next year. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to spin this any way we want, Mike. So <laughs> just get out there, have some fun, but also a little preview. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm noticing with a lot of these ball games. It's like a little. Uh-oh. Hey, no. Whoops, you... Sorry, I, I cut you off there. I hit the wrong button. Well, I said some really good stuff there, so I apologize. <laughs> I can't, I can't bring that back. So, <laughs> well, let's get let's get over to uh, Heupel, Shane, talking about Nico and uh, just making his first start, obviously. And again, I mean, I, I I think I think it may be too bold, Shane, to say that next season hopes rely solely on Nico. But you know, if Tennessee's going to get where Tennessee wants them to get. He has to be really good. I, yeah. I, I truly do think because they don't quite have the roster of Alabama, Georgia, yeah, maybe even Texas. You know, teams like of that caliber. But the great equalizer we all know is a great quarterback, and if mm-hmm. he's elite, then he can make that. He can kind of close that gap, so to speak. And of course, Pipel, he'll never say that, but I'll say it for him. What do you like about where he's at right now? Yeah, he's smart. He's competitive. Um, when he makes a mistake, and young players are always going to do that, he continues to learn and grow from it, doesn't repeat it. Um, you know, he's got the ability to reset from play to play, day to day. Um, extremely talented, everybody's known that. Um, but I love the way that he works inside of our building. And uh, he's got a great demeanor about him, uh, but he's great at communicating with his teammates as well. How different? 
Now, Shane, uh, one uh, final thing on Tennessee real quick. Our buddy uh, J.D. Pickall over there at uh, On3 Sports still trying to line up J.D. to come in studio. I think that's going to happen here soon. But he is reporting, or or not reporting, he has made a prediction for the transfer portal, Shane. Evan Stewart, Texas A&M's outstanding receiver to Tennessee. Now, again, just a projection, nothing final. But uh, one of his colleagues over there at at On3, Pete Nankos, really good reporter, Shane, when Evan Stewart, when all this, uh, you know, to the portal started, a lot of people thought Alabama and Texas were the likely yeah. destinations for Evan Stewart. Pete Nankos is reporting that uh, neither one seems like a likely destination for Evan Stewart. So some people are saying Ole Miss, maybe just because it's the they're the portal kings and they get yeah. every, every damn buddy. But uh, just thoughts on, you know, I, I think you got to look at teams like Missouri, we got yeah. some more on them in a minute. Ole Miss and many others, but particularly Ole Miss and Missouri, they're looking at next season. They're going all in. I, if if I'm Tennessee, I think that's that's got to get you kind of in a similar mindset to where yeah. we got this young quarterback. We're going to have all these linemen back. Let's give him some weapons here. Yeah. What what would you think about Evan Stewart? lining up in uh, Tennessee's offense. Well, I think, too, it's something you got to sell to Evan Stewart. And, and yes, you can go to Ole Miss, but there's a lot of mouths to feed up there. You know what I'm saying? You, you, could, go to, you could go to Alabama. You could go to Georgia. Or you could come to a place like Tennessee and be the star. And, and, and I'm not saying that he would solely own that position, but, you know, t- that's what Tennessee needs is some downfield presence. And, and Evan Stewart's is one of the – I just don't think he was – his full potential has been unlocked yet. And and I think in a hopple system it really could be. So, yeah, would I love to have him? Absolutely. But he's going to succeed wherever he's at because they know what a valuable weapon he should be. Quick little break from the show to remind you guys, we're brought to you by my bookie. Head on over to mybookie.ag today and put in that promo code that. S-E-C, T-H-A-T-S-E-C, over at MyBookie Online Sportsbook. They're willing to give our audience a $200 exclusive cash bonus today to wager on these bowl games, NFL, NFL playoffs will be right around the corner, college, football, playoffs, all the sports. They got you covered over at MyBookie.ag today. And don't forget, most importantly, that promo code, that S-E-C is the number one way to help support the show this football season, head on over to mybookie.ag today. Put in that promo code that SEC. All new users get a free $200 cash bonus just for signing up and using that promo code. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Don't forget the Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports. The go-to site for daily fantasy sports is none other than Prize Picks. And with that promo code SEC, they are willing to match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. So you can have 200 bucks in your prize picks account today with that promo code SEC help the podcast stay independent. I know football is winding down, but there's still lots of football action to get in on before it all comes to a sad, depressing end. head on over to prize picks promo code SEC and that SEC over at mybookie.ag today. We don't ask for much. We just ask, take advantage of these sponsorship opportunities if you can afford to do it. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. 
Twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now back to the show. Well, I said we're going to talk some Mazuche, so let's get to it. Uh, the Cotton Bowl here coming up here against Ohio State. Yeah. And this one, outside of the playoff matchups, Shane, this is kind of the, the bowl game I'm most looking forward to for a lot of reasons. SEC, Big Ten. I think, uh, you know, the winner of this game, some narratives will be out there, particularly if Mizzou can beat Ohio State. Ohio State was ranked number one for, for several weeks of the season. I think there's a lot on the line. 11-win season here. Uh, I mean, hell, Drake's never had a winning season at Mizzou until now. To go all the way to an 11-game, 11 uh, 11-win 11 season, man, what a what a cap that would be and, and a great jumping-off point to what could be a playoff run next season. Uh, what? How, how excited are you for this uh, Cotton Bowl? Mike, this is... I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I think this would be a signature win. And, and when I say signature win, what I mean by is this is something people remember. People remember when you beat Ohio State. And and I think, like you said, more importantly, launching into next year, you know, for us to place them near a top 10 start, you know, we've got to start this start the season by the way we end the season. And if you could beat Ohio State Buckeyes, a team that was considered at one time the, the best team in the country, people remember it. And that's why you get the votes, and that's why you get moved up these lists at the, at the start of the season. So I think this is a big one for Mizzou. Right, and, and people are asking Marvin Harrison, Ohio State star receiver, is he going to play? Still don't know. And Ryan Day and, and Drink had a press conference here recently. He wouldn't answer. He said that's up for Marvin Harrison to, to announce. So yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. I mean, I, yeah. that tells me he's probably not playing because I don't know why you just come out. And he, if he's playing, I'd say, hell he yeah, he's playing. playing. You know he what I mean? He playing. Yeah. <laughs> he's afraid when he gets locked down by the Mizzou cornerbacks that, you know, stock's going to go with it. So, no, nah, he's crazy to come out and play. And that's one of the things Ohio State is kind of in the boat that some of these other teams in the SEC are. 
like they're out, man. We've already got opt outs. We've already had some hit the portal. You yeah. know, they're they're moving on. It's on to next season here. Your coach is breaking down because you've got some some recruit. <laughs> you know, that's where they're at right now. So while they're while they're wounded, this is the time to put them out of their misery. And I think that's what Mizzou is setting up nicely here. Right. And and I can't wait to see Luther Burden playing this football game Shane, yeah. on a on a national. Uh, spotlight. I mean, every SEC game is is essentially on a national spotlight, but these bowl games are a little bit different. There's not as many games on, so there's more eyes on them. Um, And and Eli was asked about Luther Burden and the impact he's made on the Missouri program. And, you know, if Missouri continues to to keep winning, Shane, and and builds on this season, I think we may may all look back at Luther Burden as, uh, you know, the catalyst for that to happen. So let's kick it over to Eli here. Can you discuss, in addition to what he's done on the field, the overall impact of what Luther Burden has meant to your program? Yeah, it's going to be hard to measure um, as of right now. But I will say, you know, two years ago we were a 6-6 six and six program that, uh, you know, for me, frankly, had a lot of talk but not a lot of results. Uh, and for Luther to choose to come to the University of Missouri when he had some other uh, opportunities – Uh, And then for us, not only for our program to back it up, but for the state of Missouri to back it up through NIL and other opportunities to market uh, Luther, I think it's created a a place where other other players know, hey, I can go there, create my own brand and value for myself at the University of Missouri. I don't have to go somewhere else outside of the state. Uh, resulted this year with Williams Noari, who was uh, consensus number one D lineman in the country. Uh, well, I shouldn't say consensus. Uh, in one of the six rankings, he was number one in the country. But um, you know, to choose to to play here, we've had other players in the portal choose to come back. Uh, and I don't think that would have happened had Luther not chosen to come come here. And then I, you know, I can't say enough about the maturity and growth that he's made as a player off the field. Um, you know, last year he played; he relied mostly on talent. Now he's relied on preparation. And when preparation and talent come together, you have an opportunity to be a special player. And, and that's really what's what's happened with him. What a distinguished gentleman he is, you know? <laughs> what a savvy look. It looks like he just downed some eggnog before he got up there, didn't he? he was at, that was after the Christmas party. Uh, now, if, sorry. If, if I think I have this correct, Shane, and I may have, I may have it incorrect, but I, I think it is right. I think Luther Burton was committed to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Davis sitting right next to him. So he couldn't yeah. just say, you know, well, we whooped everybody's ass in recruiting or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I think that's just a, a, a an added bonus to that. But the point I – stab. The, yeah, exactly. The, the point I really wanted to make, though, Shane, is remember when he committed, it, yeah, he, it was Ohio State for a while, but the, the team they really had to beat out was Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia was just coming off of, let's see, a, a championship run. And – I mean, I, I I know you saw it. We all saw it. A lot of these Georgia, and not just Georgia, but national fans saying, well, hell, he can just go 6-6 six and six at Mizzou and then enter the portal, and then we'll get him. You know, I, yeah. I mean, it's I, I can't wait for it. I, a year from now, just like Dominic Lovett, he'll come to Athens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that narrative's out there where in, in today's football, where, where, you know, people bitch about the transfer portal and NIL, well, it's keeping players like Luther Burton at Mizzou. And it, yeah. it's good for Mizzou. It's good for Luther Burton. 
because now he's he's get, again if mizzou let's say they win this game let's say they have a great year next year he is right. going to be remembered as an all-time missouri tiger and yeah he would have had success at ohio state he would have had success at georgia he would have had a success wherever he went but would he have been a, an in-state hometown legend like he has a chance to do at missouri no, the answer is no, because he would just been next in a long line of great players to go to these other schools. So while there's a lot to complain about, while there's a lot to be uncertain about the future of college football, there's a, there are great storylines here if, if you know where to look. And I, I think Luther Burns one of the best ones out there. And you're starting to see more of it, Mike. It's not just Mizzou, but, you know, I, I think the, the key to, to what Drink just said was like, Basically, you don't have to go to Ohio State to make it to the NFL. You could come right here in Mizzou. And, in fact, you may have a better shot getting into the league because you shine brighter than some of the other stars that are here. So I, I, I love this. I, I, I think that's, that's the key is putting guys in the league because when you're on that recruiting trail, you can say, hey, look, Luther, first round, top five pick. Here he is. You know, he came here. You could be the same. You could do the same. And that's why they're starting to recruit at that high level. So take kids like Cody Schrader that nobody really wanted. And I'm not saying nobody didn't want him, but it, it wasn't like there was a large list of Georgia, Alabama, LSU trying to chase him down. He comes to Mizzou and now he's, he's, he's auditioning for the NFL. So yep. I, I, yeah, it's just great storylines, but it's the truth. It's not some bullshit story that you're feeding these kids. Right. And then, uh, Shannon, I really wanted to ask you about this, too, though, switching gears to LSU, because there's a popular rumor out there. Yeah. And that's all it is for now. For now. But uh, a friend of the show, Bailey Lucci, I love this little deal here. Someone tweeted out a, a photo of Brian Kelly looking at a phone with the caption. Guess who that was on the phone? Pro probably, a, you know, this is a, rec <laughs> a recruiting thing. But Bailey Lucci says, was that Michigan on the phone? <laughs> so, <laughs> for those that haven't heard the rumor, you know, we – Many people suspect Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan mm -hmm. to go to the NFL if that offer's on the table. He's tried to leave Michigan before, and, and uh, apparently, I have no idea if this is true or not, Shane, but apparently he's got a huge extension being offered, Jim Harbaugh does, to stay at Michigan with a little uh, thing in the contract essentially saying you cannot leave for the NFL, and he has not signed this contract. So people are you know, putting two and two together and, and thinking that means he is leaving for the NFL. And then to take it a step further, people are saying, Brian Kelly, if offered the job, he would leave to go leave LSU for Michigan. What's your thoughts on all that? I mean, we do this. I mean, Kirby Sparks going to the NFL too, right? You know, Nick Saban's <laughs> retiring, ain't he? So I, I think every single year you're going to hear this rumor mill. I, I mean, this is a scenario that two things have to happen. Jim Harbaugh has to turn down a 10-year contract and go right. to the league. Then after that opening, Brian Kelly comes up to Michigan, leaves LSU, a hotbed recruits. You know, a, 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 I mean, you talk about uh, the highway to – that's why he came here, Mike. I mean, he left Notre Dame to come down here because he realized that he can't win national championships without SEC players. So, yeah, I don't think he would leave, but – Crazier things have happened. Right. And I think you just hit on the most critical thing, Shane. And I get it. I mean, these coaches lie. And they've done it many times. He wouldn't be the first one to lie. But what did Brian Kelly take his job for? Because he said, yeah. I can't win a national championship at Notre Dame. It's just well, he didn't go quite that far. But he said, I'm coming down here to win a national championship. Yeah. Because we know you can win a national championship at LSU. He's 
you know, short of Nick Saban, he would be, you know, we love Coach O. He's a better coach than Coach O. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les Miles, I mean, as soon as he left LSU, I mean, he's a train wreck. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can't win anywhere. It's LSU that's special with all the talent, like you're saying. LSU is constructed for a quality coach to come in there, win a national championship. You go to Michigan, you're not winning any national championships. You're just running from the challenge that is the SEC. LSU will pay you whatever you got to, whatever they got to yeah. do to keep you in there. If he leaves, I think it'll be a coward's way out of, of just leaving for, for an easier job that, yeah. that will not get you a national championship. Absolutely. And hell, Mike, he just polished that Southern charm, you know. I don't know. He just needs to come out here and say, I ain't leaving. <laughs> now, how about, uh, I think since the last time you and I actually recorded, Jay Carson Beck, Georgia's outstanding quarterback, he announced officially, you know, he's coming back. Uh, we got comments here from Carson Beck leading up to the Orange Bowl on his decision to return. And I thought there's some pretty interesting comments here from Georgia's outstanding quarterback. I mean, it was it was always tough, and obviously it crossed my mind at times. You know, it's not easy to sit there and, you know, not play. Um, doing the same thing that the guys that are playing are doing, you know, just – Waking up, um, coming to practice, working out, doing all these things that we do—it's not—it's not easy at the University of Georgia, and you know that's that's how we like it. Um, but you know, to to sit all these years and then finally have the opportunity to play—that also probably factored into my decision a little bit. You know, I sat here for three years and, and didn't play. You know, why why would I not you know come back and take advantage of another opportunity to play on such a great team? And I just thought that was so interesting, Shane, because that's not something you hear a lot. You know, you you hear these players want to play and they want to show what they can do, and then they make the jump. I mean, that's that's why mm-hmm. they pitch five star quarterbacks every year. They try to get them at Georgia because it, you know, the the theory is Carson Beck will get in there, he'll go pro. Brock Vandegrift will get his year, then he'll go pro. Dylan Riola, on and yeah. on and on. But it, it, you know, it's not a video game. It, it doesn't quite work that way. Carson Beck only played one year. He had to sit for three, and now he has an opportunity. And, and maybe it would have been different, Shane, had they went undefeated, had they won another national championship. Maybe it would have been different. But, you know, the, he's having a time of his life. He's getting paid handsomely. Yeah. And he gets another year to develop. And the, these NFL scouts, Shane, they hold it against you. If you only got, you know, 10, 12 starts under your belt, uh, that's completely different than if you got 24 and you're excelling in the SEC so I, I just thought it was kind of cool to hear Carson Beck say, hell, I, I waited three years, yeah, and that weighed heavily on me. I, I only got to play for one. I mean, I, he, he's coming back for, to play for a, for a second season and, and chase that national championship. Well, I, I think it's a win-win, man. And, and I, these, these guys are surrounded by NFL scouts. You know, I mean, they know pretty much where they would go if they hit the NFL draft. And, and I think – that's the thing with Beck is his stock can still rise. There were some things he clearly needs to work on. I don't think mm-hmm. we saw his ceiling this year. I, I think that you can't correct some of the mistakes that he made during this season unless you're in the offseason. So don't, don't be surprised if Beck doesn't come out a bigger, better quarterback and potentially a first-rounder next year. So, yeah, he's – He's saving – not only is he making money by staying down in Georgia, because I know it wasn't an easy sale, and, and he's made some money in the NIL, but, you know, when he comes back, he's going to make more millions just because he stuck around and he grew and he became a better quarterback down there in Georgia. Right, and, and since we last recorded, we I've talked with this with uh, Stephen Lassen, Shane, on, on the last episode. 
go check it out if anybody missed it. But uh, any thoughts on Trevor Etienne, Florida's explosive <laughs> playmaker? Now he's a Georgia Bulldog, another weapon for Carson Beck to utilize next season. And, uh, man, man, the rich get richer. I mean, that, that's, that was one thing. Georgia's got some solid running backs. Yeah. I'm not disparaging the guys they have, but they were missing that explosive type running back, Etienne. Statistically, one of the most explosive uh, in the SEC, which means he's one of the explosive in the country. Now he's a Georgia Bulldog. Golly, I mean that's a that's a part of your sale right there. Is so, you, you can turn around <laughs> and hand it off to this X Factor, you know? Like that, people are going to start. The teams are going to load the box because they're afraid of ETN and this offensive line. But that helps Beck, you know, with these receivers. So it's a, it's a win win situation and and uh, fantastic show with you and Steve. And I and I thought you hit the nail on the head. You know, this is a once in a lot like Georgia has been missing that dude you know you, you think of all the great running backs that have come through the university of georgia this is one of those dudes and it's going to be a complete game changer for that team right and then how about this shane old miss of course you know the the portal kings and everything mm-hmm. i love this uh comment from p golding he was asked by uh another friend of the show michael cass everybody on here is friends of the show but uh <laughs> he was asked you know portal recruiting not like kiffin uh, Not Lane Kip. Lane Kip, he, he's welcome, but he he won't give us a date, the time. You know, no, no. Pete Golding, high school recruiting, portal recruiting. Obviously, Ole Miss emphasizing that portal recruiting. He was asked about that. I, I just thought this was a really interesting answer he gave here. Pete, I know it's a, a little bit down the line, but you guys have gotten a lot of big time uh, commits in the transfer portal. Uh, a really big time recruiting class uh, as well. Uh, I guess what is what is your philosophy when it comes to? balancing high-level transfers and, and traditional high school recruiting in, in team building? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's we're in a unique time in college football, to be honest with you. And I think, uh, you know, now it's it's more as building teams and programs. I don't take that the wrong way, you're just because the transition happens so fast. And, you know, developmental players that you used to take to be able to add bulk and size and strength, some of those guys, depending upon their mental makeup, you're not going to have a chance to develop because they're not going to come in as players true freshmen. And depending upon who's in their circle, December hits and the portal opens, then they might seek other opportunities. And you've invested six to ten months, depending upon if they were mid-semester or summer, that you're not going to get back, that they're not going to get back. And so I think it's recruiting the right type of kid, regardless whether it's a transfer kid or a high school kid, that goes back to loving football. Uh, I think there's got to be a connect of why they want to be at Ole Miss, why they want to play for Coach Kiffin. Uh, why they want to play in a scheme that's been successful and being around coaches that have been around guys that produce guys to get to the next level. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, but I think, you know, whether you're high school recruiting or portal recruiting, the number one thing is, is it a good fit? And I think, you know, Ole Miss isn't for everybody. And I think they come in and they see our guys. I think our current players do a really good job on official visits of being honest, you know, and telling them what it's really like. And I think there's no smoke and mirrors to where, hey, you're getting told one thing when you get there, something different. I appreciate that much about Coach Kiff and very honest and upfront. Uh, we got a great group of guys, great character that are really good football players that I think a lot of people want to be a part of right now. So I, I well, go ahead. That audio messed with me, man. That got coughed. I thought somebody was in my damn house <laughs> over here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, when Kiffin got hired down there, Shane. I mean, you know, it was unique times. It was COVID and all that. But they hired a, a GM, which was, you know, not 
completely unique to college football, but it was relatively, I think that may have been the first ones in the SEC, maybe LSU, but one of the first in the SEC to, to hire a, a general manager like they do in the NFL to do rosters. And Kiffin has made, you know, no, no secret about it. The portal utilizing that to supplement his roster and really just to not even a sub. I mean, I mean, a lot of teams kind of plug a hole here or there. Yeah. He just will will rework an entire uh, offense or defense or, or position group or special teams, what have you. He'll he'll just get in a, a whole new crop of players. And to me, Shane, it's 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 almost like an NFL approach to yeah. where it, it is basically everybody's on a one year contract in Oxford. And if that's not for you, then get the hell out of here because because we are on a one year deal here. And it, that I'm sure that brings all kinds of unique challenges. We always hear about him in fall camp saying, hell, I'm trying to learn these guys' names. <laughs> we're, uh-huh. we're trying to get on the same page. So there is challenges to it. It's a unique way of doing it. But I, I think this is fascinating to see how this is all going to play out because if they go like 8-4 and four or 7-5, or and five, I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be awful. And, and I don't know that anyone's ever going to do this again. But if they go 11-1 and one and they go to the playoff and they go to like the – the national championship, I think everybody's going to do this. So it's just going to be wild to see how this plays out. Yeah, it is. And and I hate to keep saying it, but it's just like that damn movie Moneyball. It's like once it is successful, people will start mimicking it or trying to to duplicate what Lane Kiffin did there at Ole Miss, you know, maybe pivot it or or create like that one big season, you know, because I think if you ask any fan outside of, you know, the big ones, would they would they give up three shitty years for one national championship run? Absolutely, I I, I I would. I don't know about you, Mike, but it's it's been since '98 since we had one up here, and and I would I would love to have one every four years. So I, I'm just curious on because I've been thinking about this whole transfer portal and and what Lane Kiffin and and you know it is moving so fast and and, and it's like new rules on top of new rules and and it's and it's like they're trying to get a hold of it government bodies uh, governing bodies and it, and it feels like they haven't quite figured it out but I, I think there'll be a day Mike when they do do you think it looks like this five years from now or do you think we have some sort of team sharing or roster or contracts with these kids, something like that. Yeah. I think five years from now, it's going to be unrecognizable. Yeah. Just like today, five years ago would have been, I mean, hell we, you know, they, they can never even mention boosters and getting paid. And now we got Kiffin at, you know, he does his press conferences, Shane, he's wearing the NIL stuff yeah. and, and he's not the only one. There's many doing it, but it's smart to do. How about this uh, comment from Penny, Shane? Lane out here parlaying $7 trillion in NIL to Gainesville payoff in 2025. <laughs> you know, I, mean, that, I mean, who knows? I I, I don't know that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be smart of him. You know what? Well, that, that's what they've done. They've, they've put all their chips to the front of the table, and, and, you know, it's either, like you said, it's going to pay off or it's going to blow up in their face. And and it's going to be one way or the other. It's still going to be fun as hell watching it. Yep. But Ole Miss fans, rightfully so, are on cloud nine. But there is one important thing to all this, Shane, that is that is being overlooked. And I'm telling you now, I mean, I, I don't know for a fact that there's there's trouble a-brewing. But let's kick it over to Jackson Dart, Quinshaw Junkins. They were both asked during this uh, uh, Peach Bowl 
press conference, Shane, about next season. And if they're coming back, they completely duck the question. And I, I've got something interesting on the other side here. Jackson, uh, have, have you made uh, any decision on your future yet? And follow up to that is how do you stay focused on the task at hand, knowing that you've got a really kind of life-changing decision uh, coming up? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is I have a great support staff around me. Um, you know, great coaches. Um, obviously, my family is amazing and um, have great friends on the team. So, uh, honestly, not really too worried about it right now. Just focus on the bowl game and focus on my preparation and um, doing my job to help put the team in the best situation to win and make history here. Right here, third row on the left. <clears throat> Just to follow up on that, Jackson, what goes into that decision when you get around to making it? You've, you've made a transfer decision before. What goes into the decision about whether to stay, whether to explore your options, that kind of thing? Uh, like I said, I think that I just have a great support staff around me that's able to give me really good advice. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but like I said, I'm just focused on this bowl game and, and going one and all this week. Um, Quinchon, I was just wondering if you had made a firm decision on what your future is after this game. Are you staying for another year? Are you exploring the transfer portal, any, any of that kind of thing? Uh, I think just for me right now, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm just focused on this bowl game, just going out with my guys, and that's my main focus is just winning this game. All right, Chance, so why is that important? I plead the fifth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But why are they even doing that, Shane? Why are they not committing? And, and I think this is all business. I got no issue with it. But you see, I, and again, I don't, I don't know the figures. I don't know that anybody does. I, they, they probably say, keep just keep this to yourself. We don't want Jackson to know how much we're paying Juice Wells. We don't want him to know how much we're paying Walter Nolan. But if you're on that team, Shane, and you're looking at it and you're saying, my God, there's, you know they're paying these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever they're paying me, I got to get paid too. And, and and they're already getting paid, so I, I I realize that. But now they see people like me sitting here saying, "Oh, this is going to the playoff." <laughs> All of a sudden, Jackson Dart is worth more today than he was yesterday, mm-hmm. because there's this hype and expectation. And you don't think Shane, without Quishaw Junkins, without Jackson Dart, is is Ole Miss? Could they go to the playoff? Maybe, but it's significantly less likely. So right now, their stock is higher than ever, and, and yeah. particularly at Ole Miss. I'm not saying Georgia – well, hell, I think everybody in the country wants Junkins, but I'm not, I'm not saying everybody in the country would want Jackson Dart and think he's an upgrade over their current starter, but now these players have leverage that they've never had before, and particularly right now in Oxford, because Ole Miss is spending so much in, in free agency, because that's what it is, that makes the guys on their roster that much more important, and until they get whatever it is they're seeking – and, and, and I'm just speculating. I don't know this for a fact, but that's clear as day to me that we already know these guys are getting paid, and we already know they're bringing in all these high-profile uh, free agents. You have to know that the hopes and dreams of Ole Miss next season, quarterback, maybe the best running back in all of all of the country, they're, they're going to get theirs. So I don't, I don't know. I just think this is all fascinating behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were afraid of this, though, when NIL started, you know, division in the locker rooms. And sometimes I think it's happened and maybe we just aren't aware. But, you know, Ole Miss is kind of in the spotlight because, like you said, these big names that they're bringing in there, it's easy to kind of track down how much they're going to be making. And if you've been on that campus this entire time and built them to where they're at, 
you know, it's like, I want a piece of my pie, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I totally get, we're reading into these non comments. So I'm not panicking. I'm not freaking out. I think these are just agents that have told their kids this to, Hey, don't say anything till after the bowl game. Right. Don't say anything to you. Don't say get yours. Word. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's right. Act then, like you may leave. You know, <laughs> this is where it pays off. Yep. And, and then last one I had, Shade, real quick. Uh, Kentucky obviously playing Clemson tomorrow in the bowl game. Yep. Can't wait for that. But uh, hey, Ray Davis is playing. There's been no opt outs aside from guys that have left the portal and, and, and already on the new teams and an injury. Here's Mark Stoops on uh, everybody suiting up for the Wildcats. Mark, just um, you guys have dealt with opt-outs in the past, but it seems like this year there's just only a handful. How has that benefited you guys, and, and how much do you appreciate some of the guys like Ray coming back and deciding to play again? Yeah, I think it's you know it says a lot about these players. It says a lot about our program. Um, you know, we really – I don't know how you want to clarify that. There's guys that are in the portal, you know, and in, 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 in other than that, we're at 100%. Um, um, you know, Jeremy had another issue. Kenneth has a surgery, and so we'll miss those two. Uh, but it, it says a lot about the leadership of this team. I think uh, everybody wanted to finish uh, on a positive note. They know we have a real challenge in facing a, a, a very good football team in Clemson and the respect that we have for them. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to... To, to finish with a, with a victory and bring home a, a bowl trophy. So, Shane, I really just wanted to play those comments because there was some speculation that Mark Stoops and his, hey, we got we need a fan base to give us more money so we can buy players. You know, that had, had really kind of alienated some of the locker room. But but clearly, with, with very no opt-outs, they're locked in. And I think that says something to Mark Stoops' program that he's built even though it was a disappointing season, I mean, they started outstanding and, and kind of finished before that Louisville win. You know, it, it would have been dreadful had they lost that that game. But yeah, uh, yeah, maybe he got some buyback there. Well, obviously, the Texas A and M rumors and all that. So, uh, I, I just think it's a really good sign for him and his program that all these players are, are suiting up. And and hell, we all know Clemson. That that's another one. We, we talk about yeah. Missouri beating, getting that old uh, Ohio State win. And, and what that would mean to that program, I think. For, same thing for Kentucky having a win over Clemson. That's something that uh, you know they they could have never imagined just a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I I think that's key because Clemson's a is a beatable team already, and now they're starting to have opt out. So this is another one just to kind of put icing on the cake here because it you know the season hasn't gone exactly as planned. But it has a chance to end in a in a strong fashion. It's 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 already hitting with the portal. It's hitting with the recruiting trail. Things are lining up for Kentucky. You know, just hit this. This is a good launch pad for 2024. And then you're you're right back in the top 25 talk next year. Yep. All right, brother. Well, you got anything before we hop off a line? And before uh, real quick, we we got a bowl game tonight. Arizona, Oklahoma. Can't wait yep. for that. Well, unfortunately, it's kicking off at like. <laughs> 11 o'clock, Shane's to have here, so uh, doubtful we get any kind of post. But if something crazy happens, I'll, I'll jump on. And then yeah. Friday, uh, tomorrow, Kentucky, Clemson, Ohio State, Missouri. Cannot wait for that. I'm going live the moment that Missouri game is over to, to recap those. Yeah. You got any any thoughts before we jump off the line? No, I mean, it's I'm finally – I'm happy that SEC matchups have kicked off here. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be 
Damn, she likes Sooner. I'll I tell you what, let's talk. We'll we'll stay all night for the Sooners. Let's, let's watch that. I, I, I wish they wouldn't start so damn late, but, you know, I'm getting old. I have to finish the second half the next day. But uh, but anyway, man, it's it's great to see it. And I'm embrace it, love it, because it's going. You know, there's a lot of teams that aren't going to see any more football this year. Your team may not have played yet. You know, let's enjoy that college football because it, in a couple more months, we're going to be sitting there like, damn, when's spring game start? You know? So, so just love it. And uh, but anyway, Mike, it's been it's been fun. Glad, glad you had a great Christmas, and I missed everybody. And uh, like you said, uh, we're going to be going live after these uh, SEC matchups. Uh, I'm going to try to hit as many as I can. I may not be able to do all because I am working, but uh, but I can't wait to. Maybe we can pull off a big one, man. I'd love to have some big wins this this winter. Yeah, SEC's going undefeated. That includes Oklahoma and Texas, Shane. The, yeah. the only loss the SEC may suffer is in the national championship when it's Alabama and Texas going head-to-head <laughs> for to win it all. I mean, we can't win them all when we're playing each other. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait for, yeah, for some I, of these games. I've already heard Texas, like, after they beat Washington, then they're going to come out and say, well, Washington was never really good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, brother, I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out especially those on the live show and those that donate to keep the show going. We truly, truly do appreciate you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.